Welcome to the Tell Me Something Real podcast. Real people, real stories, real talk. Greetings, realists. Welcome to this episode of the Tell Me Something Real podcast. How are you doing today, Kelly? I am tired, but happy to be here. How are you? I am somewhat more well-rested, but in case you didn't notice, I was responding to texts this morning at like 4 a.m. my time. I did notice, yes. <laughs> oh, that was odd. So, <laughs> so yeah, I got woken up in the middle of the night. There was a puppy that had gotten separated from the other puppies. Oh, no. And she was having quite a fit about it, and she was not letting letting it go until somebody woke up and helped her so well, yep. anyway but well. I did finally fall back asleep so I'm doing fantastic <laughs> fantastic okay fantastic all right so what do we want to talk about today well I think that we briefly spoke about or maybe not so briefly spoke about self-care in one of our previous episodes where we talked about balance um after babies. And so I thought maybe we could talk a little bit more about that and get sort of in depth into like how we are maintaining our physical care and staying fit or getting fit and feeling good in a physical way. I've got a lot to say about this topic, and I know I've spoken about it in the past, what I've been doing ever since having my youngest child, and I've talked about the personal trainer that I was working with um, the year before last, and anyway, I'm just always happy to keep you guys updated on where I'm at on this journey. Awesome. Okay, so where should we start? You were up early this morning, so I know that you've recently changed your caffeine situation. Let's start there. Okay, so this has been a big deal for me. So I did, and, and, and I don't have a particular reason I'm giving up caffeine, like okay. it's not causing me problems, but it is a drug. It does affect your body. And I do know that there's a dependency on it. And I just don't think that maybe any of that stuff is good. So if I could lessen the amount I'm putting in me, that's really my motivation. Just seems like a good idea. I started drinking coffee when I was probably like 11 or 12 years old. I might've even mentioned that on this podcast before. My grandparents used to make it for me and bring it in in the morning to try to help me get out of bed. I don't what? My mom threw healthy. water on my face. That's how I got out of bed. <laughs> wow. I only saw that stuff in the movies. But I, I mean, I do think that, that I had, I remember having coffee as a kid, but I think it was like a treat mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Well, my grandfather had coffee every morning. My grandmother didn't drink coffee, but I developed an addiction to coffee really early on by ninth grade in high school. I was taking like a giant thermos to school every day. And pretty much drinking it all day and just not what yes by the time I was like 18 well and then we spent a ton of time in coffee shops when we were like Mm -hmm. 15 16 17 years old and we were drinking coffee that whole time 
that we were there because you bought like one cup of coffee and you could just keep refilling it indefinitely and chain smoking cigarettes. So we were pretty much set with that one cup of coffee. So we drank a lot of coffee through high school, even at yeah. night. I mean, that was well into late at night, you know, <laughs> that we yeah. were drinking coffee. And then by the time I got into college, I was pounding espressos and double, triple lattes back to back. I was just putting so much caffeine in my body. Well, I mean, there are worse things to pound in college. So I guess that's not there are. And I was probably pounding those too, which is why I needed the coffee in the morning. Uh. Um, But so anyway, it's just been a mainstay staple in my life in my morning routine my whole life I've felt really dependent on it coffee feels like a very grown-up thing like coffee feels like the kind of thing where it's like if you have your life together or you don't have your life together but you know it then you're drinking coffee you know it's very stoic or something it's very much like oh I don't want to say this because it's bad to say, but we have talked about it in previous issues, but in the same way that like movies made smoking cigarettes cool, I feel like everyone and everything has made coffee cool. And combined for best results. Mm -hmm. For sure. (laughs) There's a movie called Coffee and Cigarettes. There are albums called Coffee and Cigarettes. I mean, absolutely. Probably a band named. I'm sure. So, okay. So you have been obsessed with coffee since forever. Yes. Now I did give up coffee in the months leading up to going to India because Mm. there is not coffee in India, but I was drinking chai tea, black tea, caffeinated teas. And when I got back from India, I got pregnant. And so I didn't drink coffee through my pregnancy. Mm. And I don't even know why I went back to it. I was totally off of it, but because I work in an office environment and the Keurig is a thing now, pumping coffee into your body is kind of like office culture mm-hmm. and my new office we have the drive through coffee shop in the parking lot of my new office Ooh. so like I have access to espresso drinks all day at work if, if I wanted them just like right outside my door okay so cut so, to now anyway so I got back into the coffee. coffee yeah I just well so it's a bit of a routine because I honestly can't drink coffee that comes out of like the drip pot thing instant coffee whatever I can't do the instant coffee coffee. yeah I can't do the instant coffees I can't do the drip coffee like I'm it's got to be espresso or it's got to be french roast I don't have an espresso machine even though I've wanted one for years so every morning I get up and I go through this like 20 minute routine to make French press it's such an ordeal and I just don't want to do that anymore it also raises your cholesterol there's just so many pieces that go into making sure that I can get through this morning ritual so that I can survive and if I don't make coffee at home then I've got to drive at least 20 miles to get to a coffee shop that's on my way to work so I got a long way to go before I'm going to get to my espresso drink to like jumpstart my morning that just all it feels in like a prison I feel like I'm in a yeah. morning prison I and I you. want out so all right. so um, you've been liberated I've been liberated and I really feel like I've made a transition it wasn't just coffee I also the one I was actually more concerned about that I was drinking 
uh, after I was done with my coffee is Diet Coke. So I start out my morning with probably 20 ounces of coffee. And then I go straight into drinking Diet Coke. And I usually drink Diet Coke throughout the day at work. When I get home, I drink Diet Coke all the way through the evening. I'm trying to like get water in there, but I like seriously have an addiction. It's not wow. okay. I could drink easily three or four liters of Diet Coke a day and so be content. I will say I went years without drinking any soda and then picked it up when I moved back to this side of the country. Um, and it's like a dirty habit. I really hate it. Um, and I can actually do without it. I just do it anyway. But I will say when I drink, I mean, I'm like a Coke zero person only now I've just learned that I can't like Coke for political reasons. So I'm going to have to stop that. So that'll probably end soon. But I mean, I, it's like a treat thing for me. And by treat, I mean, it's like, a I have, a cause I don't really crave it. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, like I will buy one of those like tiny little bottles and then it will be in the house for a while. So I'm so amazed and I want to be one of these people. Like this was my goal. It really was mostly about the diet Coke. The coffee thing just sort of happened along the way and I'm not mad at it. So Mm. now, I mean, I drink coffee every day. I used to drink coffee throughout the entire day, but now Mm -hmm. I just, and I only drink cold coffee. So I will make like Mm -hmm. a huge thing of it at at a time and then put it in the fridge So I have to stay on top of that. And then I also like have to buy the non-dairy creamer, but I mean, that's easy. Um, So no problems there, but like, I, it doesn't do anything for me if anything. Oh, and like, if I drink coffee in the afternoons, it actually makes me really tired and kind of gives me a headache. Um, But coffee has not, it does nothing for me in regard to like waking me up it's, I drink it in the morning because it's like my ritual, like you were saying, but it does nothing for me in, in the waking up part. I actually genuinely enjoy coffee, but I will say that like, I do go in phases where I get tired of how it tastes when I make it at home. And so it's like, I don't even want it unless I can go out to get it. And I very rarely do that. So coffee is a thing that I think is really good to give up occasionally, just so your body kind of gets over it. And I gave it up for most of the time that I was pregnant. And then I was drinking decaf for a while. Um, and I didn't miss it. I was kind of just like, meh, whatever. But then when I started drinking it again, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I love coffee too. And that's definitely the number one thing that propels me into it is because I really love coffee. Mm -hmm. I love almond milk creamer. I love the interesting I, reason that I, I do really all hate almond milk creamer. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. I like oat milk creamer. I like I'm an oat milk, milk creamer. I mean, I like, I mean, I'm not, I don't even care. Just put it in coffee. Right. <laughs> like I love hot, really hot. Like just right bef- like under the temperature of it actually burning your tongue. <laughs> uh. That's like how my grandparents, my grandparents used to drink coffee where they would have to like slurp it. It would be so hot. And I'm like, why don't you just make it cooler? (laughs) Why with the slurping? It's so weird. Oh my gosh. So I still am drinking coffee and diet soda. My point is that it's a treat, something I do every now and again when I am in the mood for it, or it goes with the meal I'm eating. Like if I'm having a breakfasty type meal then maybe I'll have a cup of coffee or if I'm having a type of meal and I want 
a Diet Coke. But the point is, it is not this 18 hours a day, every day of coffee and Diet Coke intake that I'm pretty sure is not great for my organs various organs so how do you how do you manage that how do you control that well I have to tell you that in the course of my life and I think I started drinking diet coke when I was probably 14 and I I love the taste of diet coke it can't be diet coke zero it can't be coke zero it can't be diet pepsi it can't be it's got to be diet coke there's something just particularly in that taste See, that's that so I'm fascinating really to me because like diet coke to me just tastes like like i just taste aspartame to me the only reason i can do coke zero is because it actually kind of tastes like coke you know but coke is too sugary for me like i can't drink coke it makes oh, me sick to see, my stomach i don't like the taste of coke i just like the taste of diet coke so my whole life it's been like the vice that i didn't think i could even let go of wow. and like very briefly i let go of it when i went into like a like heavy kombucha drinking Mm. habit but that's really like cost prohibitive and I'm not willing to do the mother fermenting thing to make my own at home oh no way totally grossed out yeah Mm -hmm. by that whole like mold or whatever is happening I remember I don't know (laughs) when kombucha first became like cool you know, like maybe 15 mm-hmm. years ago. And the only kind of kombucha that you could buy in the store was the kind where there was that stuff still floating on the top. And like, mm-hmm. you kind of had to just like figure out what to do with it. And I remember like working with people who were like, you're just supposed to drink it. And I'm like, that's not going in my mouth. <laughs> no. There's still like things that float at the bottom, but I just try to not. Well, I just don't drink those. I don't yeah, drink sometimes those parts. you'll see I'll leave like just like a half an inch in the bottom. But- mm-hmm. Depends on how much stuff is floating. I love a so good anyway, kombucha though. I still love a good kombucha too, but at $3 a bottle, I can't drink two or three liters of that a day. To I think that's the point could. though. Like, see, that's the problem, I guess, with America is that all the bad stuff are so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And not that Diet Coke is cheap because, <laughs> oh my God, it's about $3 for a two liter um, at the store here. So, oh, yeah okay yeah now you can find them in the grocery stores are like five five and they're like a dollar fifty a piece or something but that's not helping me to buy five of them because i just drink them like twice as fast so in tea way well so yeah i didn't know if i'd ever be able to actually give it up and be happy about it or mm-hmm. be okay with it um the thing so about giving stuff up myself like if you're not okay with it it doesn't work you can't do it yeah. at all yeah and everything that I can replace it with has more calories or more sugar Mm. and while it might be healthier in some ways like again to try to find like a one-to-one substitute for diet coke there's just nothing I mean because even kombucha has more calories than diet coke if you're drinking that much kombucha depending on how sweet it is you could be drinking hundreds of calories a day in kombucha so anyway so the reality is i just couldn't it couldn't be to to substitute it had Mm -hmm. to just be that i quit drinking diet coke and i was fine with drinking water and that was my main goal because i couldn't get my water consumption over like five glasses a day because i'm drinking so much coffee and diet coke 
So that was really the motivational factor was like, I need to clear my drinking schedule to make water the primary focus because I'm basically inadvertently decreasing my water by I'm just back. keeping so many liquids. Yeah, I'm back to hardly drinking any water. Um, and I imagine that now that it's getting warmer, I will start drinking more water again, but I just hate water. Like I really don't like water unless mm -hmm. it's hot outside and it's like ice cold water. Like I just really don't. And like, I'll go and like when I was pregnant, I drank tons and tons of water. Um, but I just don't have a reason. Like, I just don't like it, you know? And I, I really, I don't know. I wonder, do we really need all this water? When we were kids, we didn't need all this water. Like in the eighties, nobody was like, drink all the water and everybody lived like we're all fine. So I think it's a conspiracy, like for so we like the water that. people. Anyway, well, what I do know is that this is what I'm, I'm into the water. So no calories. Okay. It also has no caramel food color. and no flavor, it's not carbonated. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have no phenylalanine in it diet mm. coke has phenylalanine which is legitimately a poison when given in large doses so my honest feeling because i've known that for 20 plus years is that i'm just slowly poisoning myself by drinking diet coke every day i hear you i times. genuinely always question what's in the water though so i only drink filtered water like crazy super filtered water but how filtered is it and how safe are the filters? Oh, like I got, like, I only drink the bottled water. It comes in a plastic bottle. The, that you know, the big five gallon jugs, the big five gallon them. plastic jugs. Yep. I'm aware of them. You know what leaches out of those? Phenol. They're, <laughs> They're the good ones. There's no so, good plastic anyway. to keep liquid in though. You're fooling yourself. Well, okay. I'm, I don't want to keep you from drinking it. water. I'm, so yeah, like, let's move right along. I, I don't want to kill you it. here. Okay. Cause I can't drink tap water. Mm -hmm. The Brita filter thing. It's just so difficult. It's always empty. That's what yeah. we use. We use that. And this is the first time I think in my life that we've, that we've successfully done it. Yeah. Um, I did it for years, but I got so frustrated because I would always fill it up. And then whenever I went to get water, it was always empty. <laughs> yeah. And that's so I thing. just got really done with that. We bought one of those really expensive, nice um, in sync water filtration systems where you have like the separate little spout at the kitchen sink <laughs> that puts out your own filtered water. And that really would be my preference. However, it broke and it hasn't been fixed yet. So for the time being, we're just doing like the basically the office style water cooler. So yeah, I don't want to hear anything bad about the water. I still believe it's got to be better than Diet Coke. Oh so. yeah. I mean, I'm probably. Maybe. All right. So anyway, who, who can say? we've been talking about Coke for a long time. Yes. So Coke, obviously not a sponsor, but we're okay with that. I want to jump kind of into what changed because I've given like a humongous setup to this now. Okay. So back in January, maybe even December, I decided I would try the Noom app. It's like the only commercials I even see anymore. They're like so heavily marketing right now. 
but I was like, you get like a two week trial. So I was like, okay, let me give this a try and just see, because it's like, I feel like I know all of the things I'm supposed to do, but I just honestly cannot seem to implement them for longer Mm -hmm. than two days in a row. And so I was like, so if that would help me overcome whatever that mental block is I have of just following the guidelines that I know, which is like, eat whole foods, keep my calories under a certain limit, be physically active and drink a lot of water. Like that would be great. And I would say that's pretty much what I feel like it did for me. So part of it that I noticed was that I was tracking my water and I, like I was saying before, I could not get above five, maybe six. And I really pushed a glasses of water a day. And I really wanted to up my water intake. And I know somebody else who had done Noom and one of their biggest victories is that they got off Diet Coke. And I'm like, oh my God, that's not even in the ad. They should advertise that. Like, do you want to get off diet soda? Because a lot of times diets don't really ever say anything about diet soda because it's okay. It's one of the, like a lot of diets, it's on the list of like, okay, beverages, you know, well, a lot of diets are not about being healthy. They're about losing weight. So, so I thought, oh, well, this would be interesting if it actually was helping me to make better choices in general, not just do what has the least calories. And so that's what actually started it. And I don't want to go way deep into all of that because that's the app is, that's what the app does. And, um, but that was the outcome is that I gave up Diet Coke and um, now it's just a treat for me. Mm. In addition to making like a ton of other really healthy changes in my life, but I don't want to go like onto a tangent. Really? I would love for you to go on a tangent. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm just, I, I personally have issues with Noom because um I applied for a job there and I went through all of this effort you have to fill out like a 40 million page application and like basically write essays and then you have to make a video for them and they did not hire me um so that's like more information that I like more effort than I put into like any job thing and with my background like you would think that it would make sense for them to nope. So interesting. Oh, screw that, noon. That's a bummer. That's how I feel about that. Because but I I'm do, glad that I it's working really, out for you. I do really like the fact that you have like a little personal coach that talks to you every day. And it also, so why is it different than just tracking calories through my fitness pal? Because you actually have this person. I feel like I'm accountable that they're actually looking at what I'm doing and then trying to help me identify things that I'm struggling with or, you know, skills that might help me to achieve my goals. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to have down there that I ate a whole chocolate cake or something like, so I think that is a help for me. Like there's actually people that are watching it and monitoring it and trying to help you. And so that kind of is just like a little extra checkpoint in my brain of like, okay, this isn't just me because I used to use the my fitness pal thing all the time and if I was going over calories I would just stop counting or just not enter the mm-hmm. whole chocolate cake or whatever that I ate see and I always would like and then I'd happen. be like screw it I'll just do better tomorrow like I don't <laughs> care you know <laughs> but that's how I 
feel doing it this way is mm. like when I have those bad days and I'm like, I, I can do that. But before it just, I don't know, there was no accountability to the, my fitness pal mm. for me that I didn't, you know, I yeah, just, that makes sense. I've been using it for so long. It felt stale. Yeah. That, that makes sense. So I would say there's like three major like points to the Noom app. One is that you weigh yourself in the morning every day. So preferably for me after I go to the bathroom and before I drink anything. Interesting. Yeah. See, that's really interesting because a lot of places say the, like the worst thing to do is to weigh yourself every day. Mm -hmm. In fact, I almost decided not to continue with this when they told me that I had to weigh myself every day. Cause for me, and I, I know I've talked about this on the podcast. I am not going to weigh myself every day. Like mm. I just, it, it'll just upset me. And I don't want to do that. Like I prefer like picking a day and then doing it once a week so that yeah. you can see the progress because you don't see progress from day to day, but this is part of their system. And I'm like, okay, well, if the whole point is I'm going to try something different than what I've been doing, I'm going to adhere to their rules and see if, I like it. And if it seems like it's helping. So I get up every morning and I weigh myself. That's something they want you to do every day. Um, track my calories every day and aim for about 1200 calories. Some days I'm a little over, some days a little more under some mm-hmm. days I'm like, ah, well, we're at 1600 and that's just how it's going to be today. So, but I try to keep those days to a minimum. Mm-hmm. And then they have these little like three to five minute informational pieces that you Mm -hmm. listen to every day and then occasionally they'll have like a little quiz just to see if you remember stuff or they'll ask you about like you know what are you know healthy foods or just trying to identify like what are the target foods you should be you know filling your diet with over like um calorie dense foods that you should be keeping at a minimum not eliminating they don't support making anything like off limits or bad but just that you limit those things and that you have more of like fresh green vegetables and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so again all common sense stuff there's nothing there that's not I didn't already know but I think there's something in the way that they're packed they package it the way that they present the information to you it's all broken down into little bits and you get a little bit every day and I think that's kind of what makes this different because in the past like I know a lot of times I would try some sort of diet plan And there's a book and you get the book and you read the book and you're so pumped as you're reading that book and then you're done reading the book and now you're just supposed to do the plan, Mm -hmm. but you're losing the motivation because you're, you've read the book, the book is over. So how do you like keep that momentum going or how do you keep adding new pieces of information? So the app sort of does that because it's just like, you know, you're reading like one page of a book every day, except you're listening, which is really nice for me because it's kind of like podcast little mini podcasts about healthy eating changes in your life so that's sort of the main three things and you try to do those every day if you do those every day or if you do all three of those in a day not keep your diet under 1200 calories but that you just logged your calories for the day then you get a noom coin and the noom coin does not go to be spent anywhere the premise is is that People that earn more noon coins lose more weight and keep it off longer term. So the reward is the more coins you have, then that means the more you have actively engaged in trying to do things to help yourself. 
Okay. So I totally like that. I like fake things like that. Um, because like I put a little smiley face sticker on my calendar every day that I work out, or if we take a long walk or something like that, and it totally motivates me to do it. It's nothing. It means nothing. I'm not getting anything for it, but it just makes me feel happy to put that little sticker on the calendar. Yeah. It's like the same thing. So, um, I think I have like 26 noon coins now. Whoa. And, um, yeah, so it's awesome. And there's lots of days where I actually do all three things, but I'll forget to like finish the day and I'll, and then once it's midnight, it's like the chance is over. So I'm like, darn, I actually did all my stuff today. And there's days where I consciously am like today. I'm not, I might do only two of those things, but I am like, I'm not weighing myself today. I just can't, I don't want to, I ate too much at dinner last night or we had like a really heavy meal and I just don't I don't even want to know then yeah. there's some days where I feel like that and I'm like just get on the scale and I'll be like down two pounds <laughs> I'm like what so interesting you know it's just crazy so anyway I've lost about 10 pounds now wow. I've broke through a massive plateau that I had hit um, after working out with a personal trainer for a year I just could not get below uh, I'd lost about 30 pounds after having the baby in 10 months of working with a personal trainer. And I definitely felt like my body was in a better place. I felt like I had more muscle tone. I really lost so much when I was pregnant. And so it really got me like to that first milestone, but then I just halted. And for the whole last year, I could not break through. I would lose and gain the same five pounds over and over and over again. And I felt so stuck because I, again, I knew what to do. I knew what I needed to do, but I just could not seem to talk myself into going for a walk on my lunch break at work or choosing the healthier meal over the high fat, high calorie meal that I would prefer, right? And I was so frustrated with myself of like, you did this for so many years. Why now can't you just fall back in line? So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I feel like it really helped me to overcome that hump. And while, I mean, 10 pounds is not outrageous. 10 pounds is a lot, but it's a lot. It's not, it's not terrible, but I think I could be frustrated that it's going slowly, but I have to keep reminding myself, like, this is the healthy way to lose weight because Mm -hmm. of course, even losing weight through dieting for me is a bit of a trigger because of my past history with eating disorders. And so, and we've talked about that. We have, we talked about that back in first season. And if you haven't listened, go check out our eating disorder. We did a series on it. And so that's why I always choose to work with a personal trainer to lose weight at this point in my life, as opposed to serious diet restrictions because there's no trigger there. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit nervous about embarking onto an actual restrictive diet, but um, I think that this has given me like a healthy way of doing it and thinking about things differently. And part of that is losing weight slowly mm-hmm. and steadily and in a healthy way. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay. So I want to take a quick break here and then when we come back, I'll go a little deeper into what I've been doing. All right. So we're back. Kelly, you want to say like, do you have any questions or like thoughts? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know, like I'm sort of doing a new thing too, but my new thing is Ooh. fairly simple. I'm just, you know, eating healthy foods. So yeah. like, um, I mean, I have started exercising a lot more. I think I told you, I told you personally, but I didn't say it on the pod. Like I used to have um, a membership to an online yoga program and I thought mm -hmm. I canceled it. And it turns out I didn't cancel it or something, whatever. Anyway, it turned out I had it for like three months and was paying for it. And I didn't know that I had it and I was all upset about it. But then I quickly got really excited because I realized like I wanted to be doing it. So now I do yoga like every day. Yeah. Um, and what's the which, name of this? It's called, thing that you do? it's called glow. Um, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, and it's just like hun like dozens of different yoga teachers that have tons of classes. They even have live classes online and you can go in and like mark your favorites and just do it whenever you want all kinds of different classes. I've been using this website for years. It used to be called Yoga Glow and now it's Glow and there are like all sorts of programs on there now. There's meditations on there. There are um, recipes and things. It's really great. But yeah, so I'm doing yoga every day. I try yes. to do yoga every day. And then, you know, we go on big walks and like, then I do, you know, like my blog a lot is, I do like the, all the stuff that I was doing before really. Um, but the biggest change for me has been like, I stopped eating like pop tarts for breakfast every day, which is what was happening. Like right after I had nice. the baby for like two months. And, and what you know, was your favorite flavor of pop tarts? Oh my gosh, Heather, like in all seriousness, I love pop tarts so much. Like really? the problem for me is that I can eat like a box of pop tarts because I don't, despite the fact that they have tons of calories in them, I don't find them incredibly filling. But I can eat like mm -hmm. tons of them. So it's like, um, I just can't have stuff like that in the house. And that's how, like, when I stop eating that kind of food, it's not because I get tired of it. It's because like, I don't buy it anymore. Like I can't yeah. buy it. And I hadn't bought Pop-Tarts in like 20 years. So yeah. it was just like a totally random, like post baby thing. Um, also because I didn't used to buy that stuff because it wasn't vegan, you know, for a while I was doing strictly vegan things. And then, yeah. you know, with baby and whatnot, I was like making, I was making exceptions for pastries and sweet things. Mm. Um, and the only, the non-vegan thing in Pop-Tarts is the frosting. It's got like you know, milk fat or something in it that, okay. you know, you know, um, anyway, a frosted pop tart person, or do you like the non-frosted ones? I would not eat a non-frosted pop tart. Like, really? why would I bother with that? Cause I nonsense? would say the unfrosted strawberry pop tarts are my second favorite. Never in my, like, you know, now that you're saying that I want one right now, but you know, it's we, the only way that I have been able to rationalize Pop-Tarts in the last 20 years. Like every once in a while I'm in the store and I just happen to find myself on that aisle, which I rarely do because I don't buy breakfast cereal unless somebody else in the house wants it, but I don't really eat cereal. And I see the unfrosted strawberry Pop-Tarts I, like once every few years I'll buy them. See, I don't and have to so rationalize good. food like that. Like that's not really how my brain works. Like if I want it, I eat it. You know what I mean? It's more just, I have to eat more good things than bad things. And for like three or four months, I was eating more bad things than good things. So now I eat 
like kale salad for lunch all the time or like a tofurkey like a tofurkey pita or something like that and then I'm eating all these purple carrot meals which is um one getting me back into cooking which is great because mm -hmm. I was just kind of throwing things together before um so it's getting me back into cooking but also ensuring that I have like nutritional meals that have vegetables in them yeah and that's Which just the biggest difference. Like I'm eating toast for breakfast with like avocado toast and then like a Marmite toast. And, you, you know, I am obsessed with Marmite. I don't think I've ever had it. Um, it's really, really good. But yeah, I mean, that's just the biggest difference for me. Like I, it's the balance. It's the balance of eating more, more good food than bad food. But I don't have, because if I do that, then I don't have, I don't feel like I have to rationalize eating bad foods. Yeah, I know for me, and this is perfect to kind of jump into the next thing I want to talk about and what you're talking about is working out mm. is I can afford to eat those foods if I'm actually being active. Mm. But if I'm not, then it really limits me on how much I can eat in a day or I really am cutting myself out of getting to eat more later if I were to stop start the day off with a pop tart or something yeah. like that but if you go for like a 10 mile run then there's really no reason you can't eat well listen or four or six pop tarts if you want. I don't want to go into this intimidating people though because the, the reality of the situation is you don't have to go for a 10 mile run you can go for a three mile walk and burn like a ton of calories and then feel amazing. And in fact, in fact, I was at Target the other day and the people behind me, like one of the people who was working there and, and then um, someone shopping there, they were talking about major weight loss. And then a couple of other people chimed in and they were like, all you have to do is walk, just walk it off, walk it off, walk it off. And I was like, yes, that is so true. Because now we go on these like three to five mile walks all the time. And those walks burn so many more calories than any of my workouts. And it's fun. You feel like you're actually being productive and doing something and you're not just working out just to work out because it's not a workout. It's like an enjoyable afternoon. Yeah. I love a good walk. Well, I started working out too and mm -hmm. so like after I worked with that personal trainer that was so hard on my body because she was having me do still the same kind of workouts that I was doing before I got pregnant and it was really intense um mm, yeah. I just pretty much gave up on working out and was only riding horses and I thought oh well maybe I'll get in great shape by riding horses all the time well it didn't really happen at all oh and so <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> so that was a whole year wasted to learn that lesson. Um, so after I lost like the first five pounds and then was able to keep it off, then I was like, okay, the next step is I need to start building in some exercise every day. And like you were just saying, you know, not to intimidate people. Yeah, I can't do a 10 mile run. Two years ago, two and a half, three years ago, I did a 10 mile run, you know, probably once a month. But I literally don't think I could run a mile, or I certainly didn't think I could run a mile a month ago. And I wasn't even going to try because I knew that I would just probably get really deflated by seeing that I couldn't do something, even a small amount of running like I used to do. 
So two things happened. One, we started doing yoga at work during the lunch break, like a 30, 40 minute yoga class. And it's been since before pandemic, since I had a yoga class, I used to go to yoga every week, all the way through like the first half of my pregnancy. And um, I really missed it. And I really liked the class environment. I'm not really good about doing yoga at home. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a place I can go where I feel like people aren't just staring at me. Oh, I usually do it just like over my baby. (laughs) No, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody just gathers around. People take videos. It's like I'm on display. It's just so. Yeah. No, that's not cool at all. I don't like working out in front of people. That's why I do. See, that's why I do mine at home because I don't like working out in front of other people. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of people in my Mm -hmm. house at any given time. Yeah. So I went to this yoga class and I felt so amazing as soon as it was done. Not even, it wasn't even when it was done. Like 10 minutes in, I was like, I'm ready to go running. Like just taking deep breaths and doing some basic stretches, some cat and cow and downward dog and tree pose. I mean, I just felt pumped up and I was like, okay, I need to pace myself and not just go because overdoing it on day one and being like oh I'm gonna go now run I was like Mm -hmm. okay so I went out and I walked a mile on my lunch break another day and I was like okay that felt good and the next week I brought some workout clothes to work and on my lunch break I went and I jogged about a mile and a quarter Wow. And it was horrible. I felt so bad. But I had that playlist with the Kanye West mm-hmm. and Eminem and all my favorite songs on it there. And I think part of it is I just love listening to that music so much and running that I'm really motivated to be able to run longer so I can get to more songs that are further down on the playlist because Mm -hmm. it goes in a certain order. I totally understand that. And so I only got through, and there were so many good songs coming up as my run was ending that first time uh, when I just did the little bit over a mile, but I was so proud of myself because I jogged the whole time. And even though I didn't feel good, I knew that that was the first necessary step to getting back to enjoying it. And then last week I went and I ran two miles. I didn't even mean to run two miles. I just was like, okay, I'm going to go do a mile and a half today was my goal. And I got out there and the sun was shining and I had on the right workout clothes that, you know, the right workout. That's really, really, really important because you know what, if you're not wearing the right workout clothes, it can ruin the whole thing. Like everything was in place. There wasn't like boobs flying or like or hair flying on. yes I, I hate my, oh my yes. gosh I hate when you go for a run and then you have to like constantly put your hair behind your ears because it's mm-hmm. not staying there oh oh it's the worst yeah I used to actually wear little headbands mm, um, smart. just to make sure that my hair would stay off my face for running but the weather was just perfect that day and so when I got to my spot to turn around I was like no I'm gonna go until I've run a mile And then I know that coming back, it's another mile. And I felt so good, Kelly. Oh my God. It was just like in the old days and I wasn't getting tired. I kept getting like more energized, the like longer I was running. And I could see that even though I'd only gone on one short walk and one short jog before that, 
but I was, my body was remembering, like mm-hmm. I still knew how to do this yes, and how to enjoy it. It, I wasn't so far gone, you know? And so I did, I ran the two miles on Monday. I did yoga on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I was like, okay, I'm going to run again. Yoga day was like my rest day. Cause it's just stretching. Well, it rained all day Wednesday. And I had my rain outfit because I knew it was going to rain that day, but I really had to push myself to go out there and run in the rain because it's a totally different experience than running on a perfectly sunny day with the, you know, gorgeous warm weather. But I did it. I put on my shoes. I went out there and I ran a mile and a half um, because I was in a different area and I'm still learning a good route for that neighborhood. So all I could figure out was a mile and a half that day, but um, I still felt really good. I was still really enjoying it. And even being out in the rain didn't bother me that much. So I'm really excited that I feel like I've made some like major progress here to where I'm actually like comfortable about eating 1200 calories a day. I don't feel like I'm missing out because I'm learning how to pick foods that help me feel like I'm full. That's important because that's just so few calories. So it is is. really important to find things that make you feel full. Mm -hmm. Does it feel sustainable? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like this is more in line with what I used to eat long time ago when I really maintained my weight pretty well. And so I think this is more about going back. I don't know if 1200 is like, for me, the long-term goal. I think if I can get to a weight that I am happy with, and I just want to manage it, I think a 1300 to 1400 a day average, mm-hmm. you know, with having some days where I splurge. Yeah. But as long as I'm loving running and enjoying working out and keeping that a part of my routine, then I really think that's what's sustainable. So, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I'm already that's planning awesome. and thinking about entering some races this summer now that races are back. So, um, yeah, and I might even join my little running group that I used to train with again. I'm thinking about that too. So, yeah, that's, you know, and for me, and I've said this ever since I think like the first episode of the first season is that weight loss for me is about running because I enjoy running so much and not having extra weight is really important for the health of my joints so that Mm -hmm. I can run. And I really enjoy running long distances. So that's even more important for me. So really it's like a full circle type deal that, you know, I lose weight so that I can run better. And the more I run, then the easier it is to lose and or maintain my weight. That's really exciting. And it sounds like you're very motivated. And I mean, that's just like, you can't keep doing stuff like that if it doesn't make you feel good. So the fact that you are feeling amazing and you're seeing progress is really super important. Mm-hmm. And to circle back to where this all started, I don't feel like I need to get up and drink coffee in the morning. I Incredible. I, I started, you know, I just have more energy naturally. And again, my focus is on drinking water throughout yeah. the day which also I think makes eating less easier and makes working out more 
also easier. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. That's really amazing when you feel good without having to put any weird external stuff into your body. And you're like, you're just on that, like, cause I, I occasionally have those moments where, and it's all for me about like exercise or doing yoga. That's what really does it. And eating like a big kale salad or something. And when I'm doing that, I don't even have the cravings. Now I'm a person who will eat like donuts and pizza every day. Like I have no problem telling you that I would eat donuts and pizza every day if I could. Um, but if I'm eating healthy and exercising, I don't even crave that. So, I mean, I can still look at a donut or like, you know, pizza and be like, mm, and I'm not saying that donuts and pizza are bad, like everything in balance, you know, but yeah. like, um, I can walk right past them and not even feel remotely interested in like picking one up, not because, you know, a splurge is a problem or because it's bad to eat those things. It's just like, if I'm feeling good, then I don't feel a need to nurture myself with, you know, some mm -hmm. kind of external thing. And especially yeah. like, cause we have talked in the past about how like emotional eating and stuff, if I'm feeling great about myself, I never feel like I need to emotionally eat. Yeah. And I think that really goes to the heart of what I'm experiencing right now, which is that I feel better. Mm -hmm. And I realize how much like I would wake up in the morning and my stomach would just feel full and bloated. Mm. And like something about the coffee was like, just to push that feeling down, Yeah, you know, or, or cover it up, you know, kind of mask it. Mm -hmm. And then same thing in the afternoon, the drinking, the diet Coke, my stomach didn't feel good because I'm drinking coffee all morning on an empty stomach. That's not even really good for your stomach. No. And then I just start piling lots of carbonated sugar, you know, fake sugar, water with caramel syrup coloring, whatever in it all day, which is making my stomach feel even worse. And then I overeat at night to compensate for the fact that I've pretty much just been filling up on caffeine all day and not really any nutrients. And so I just was in this vicious cycle. And once I broke that cycle for long enough, it didn't happen like the first day that I, you know, ate more healthy or even the first week or first month, it was really a long process of weeks and weeks and weeks of continuing to, to force myself to make the healthier option, even though I really wanted to take the unhealthier option because mm -hmm. I'm used to doing that now. Um, that now I feel better and I'm not trying to just constantly keep covering up the way I'm feeling. I actually like, like I can, I feel like my stomach is flatter and I feel like I can like hold in my stomach muscles now. And I'm like, adding, yeah. you know, ab, ab workouts and stuff. And that feeling like I couldn't even hold my stomach in. Like, yeah. I've always been obsessed with like holding my stomach in because I've always been really self-conscious about it, which was cool because then when I was younger, I had really good ab muscles and I could do like a shit ton of sit-ups, <laughs> even though I wasn't necessarily in great shape. I just was so used to holding my stomach in all the time. Mm -hmm. And after I had the baby, I could not like at all suck my stomach in and hold it there. It wasn't even an option. I was like so bloated and just full feeling all the time so that right there just getting that feeling away from me has been like the biggest change ever but it really took me 
cutting back on what I was eating every day for several weeks at a time to now I'm like, okay, I don't want, like you were just saying, I don't want to make that option because I feel good right now. And I'd actually rather eat the kale salad or, Mm -hmm. you know, just because then if you eat, if you do the thing, it makes you feel so much worse. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, why did I do that? Like I never, it it doesn't make me feel like bad about myself, but I'm just like, man, that was dumb. I was feeling great. And now I feel like crap, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then I will say the last piece here that I'm not mentioning is that I also started taking probiotics regularly. Mm. So every morning I get up and I take a full dose of probiotics. And that's also been a big part of helping, I think, eliminate that feeling of being full and bloated. Um, I've certainly taken probiotics in the past, never been really consistent with it. And so that was something I was like, okay, I really need to buckle down and make that part of my daily routine. And I definitely Do you have any feel... that you recommend? So I'm using this product called Amare okay. or Amari. And I'm hesitant to some degree to promote it because it is technically like a multi-level marketing thing, Mm. but I, so I I did my research on it. There's really no bad reviews about it per se. A few people attack it just because it's a multi-level marketing deal, but all in all, the products are vegan, gluten-free. I can't find anything bad about them anywhere and um, about like the way they're made or the health benefits of them or any, anything in their production of it that would be unsavory or that why I wouldn't say anything about them that's positive. But, um, but yeah, I'm always a little bit hesitant when things are in that format to say too much, but it's a powder. I mix it into my water in the morning and um, that's what I drink in the morning instead of coffee. And it just makes me feel a lot better. So I think it's a good product. I can't find anything, like I said, can't find anything bad about it. Um, Happened to have a friend who uses it and she was like, hey, if you want to try it, you know, that's cool. But uh, I'm definitely not signing up or selling it or anything like that. Um, But to me, it definitely works. So, okay. That's all I'll say. Just checking. Because I I mean, I've I've had, okay. Cause I know some work better than others. Some I've bought and I'm just like, this is a waste of money. And then others mm-hmm. just feel amazing. And it's not even, I bought $12 probiotics that were great. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've bought like the refrigerated pills from the health yeah. store that are, you know, $70 for mm-hmm. 30 pills or whatever. And I'm like, well, surely these must do good, but I have to remember to take them every day. And the, the powder for me is just easier. Cause I mix it in with the water it kind of kickstarts my water consumption for the day. And overall, I think it has a tremendous impact on the way I'm feeling throughout the day as far as craving sweets or craving unhealthy <laughs> fried foods and things like that. And also it gives me that feeling, like I said, of just not being full and bloated. And I want to pres- preserve that, right? I want to keep feeling that way throughout the day. So that helps me to continue making healthy choices. So I'm like, oh, I know I'm definitely going to feel better if I choose this healthy option over the impossible Whopper or yeah. the Taco Bell bean burrito. Ooh, impossible Whopper. Um, I've had one of those in a while. Every once in a while, I've had one in a while. I, 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 in. 
if I go running or if I do like a long horseback riding workout that day, uh, I'll rationalize, but impossible whopper, 600 pounds, 600 calories. Mm -hmm. And that's half of what I get for the day. So that's tough. That's a big run to work that off. Yeah. And if it's not good, because the last one I got wasn't good, Mm -hmm. then it like ruins my whole day. Yeah. "Ah!" Sometimes it's like, sometimes you taste it and it's like, oh yeah this tastes like it came from Burger King (laughs) and sometimes Mm -hmm. you have them and they're like so fresh and the lettuce is like everything just tastes so fresh and crisp and it's um, yummy all right well I mean I really appreciate you sharing all of that information I I love talking about this stuff even though I think sometimes listening to it might be boring (laughs) but I mean I think it's cool to share experiences because you know, when I do hear other people talk about things, then it, like now I'm inspired to go buy probiotics and I haven't had probiotics in a while. So yeah, I mean, my takeaway for this would hopefully be probiotics are good. And mm-hmm. if you're buying a high quality probiotic, I'm not here to, like I said, promote this one company, but I do think that probiotics are a good part of a routine and we're definitely not sponsored by Noom, but I did want to give an honest review of that app. I will say, I think the whole thing, once you get past the two week trial, I believe it was like 160 or 180 for eight months. And I feel like eight months would be plenty. I can't imagine needing to Mm-mm. sign up again yeah. for that. Um, Cause if I can continue that eating habit for eight months, and I think eight months is like how long it was going to take to get to my weight loss goal that I entered. Cause you do a little quiz in the beginning mm-hmm. and then they come up with like a whole personalized system for you. Yeah, it was like eight months for me to reach my target weight. So I'm like, yeah, if I could actually get back down to my pre-pregnancy weight, then I'd be happy. And even if I'm not there yet, I think I will definitely have the skills and the longevity of using those skills to continue with it until I get to the point where I am just at the maintenance level again. Right on. Yeah. Interesting. So it might be worth trying. So hopefully this will inspire some of you. And I want to say that this is even more timely because I follow this one YouTuber. She's a barrel racer and she just had a baby at home, natural birth breach. Didn't even know that was an option, but she totally just did the YouTube thing. We've talked about this before where she having the baby comes on and is showing herself in the mirror she's only nine pounds from her pre-pregnancy weight and talking about see I just want to inspire you that you can do this if you make the certain choices and she just oversimplified it so much and I'm like I'm so happy that this was easy for you but it's not like that for everybody and you're kind of minimizing my experience by just saying like oh anybody can do this so anyway I always want to show the real perspective or the other side of losing weight after a baby. Cause for a lot of us, it's a real journey and it's Mm -hmm. tough and there's lots of plateaus and obstacles that come up. And I'd like to share an honest account of my journey. And I really, those obstacles. Yeah. I really appreciate that because when you turn on like Instagram or like any kind of social media or whatever, it's always like, I lost every pound in two weeks breastfeeding or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, great. That's great for you, but that is not every woman's reality. Yeah. Like at all. I was just going to say, we're here to offer the other perspective. Yes. So hopefully that's helpful to some of you out there. Yeah. And I think it's any time you're losing weight. I don't think it's just after having a baby. 
Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause it's like, it's the same thing. Some people it's so easy and at different times in my life, it's been so easy to lose weight. And it's like a joke. Like I can just Mm -hmm. look at a, a, you know, elliptical and lose weight, you know, and sometimes I can't, and it takes a long time and a lot of work, you know, um, and it just completely depends. And that's, again, that's another reason that I like talking about this kind of stuff, because I've had like a different weight loss journey every time I've tried to lose weight. Mm, Yeah. And I want to just say one last thing, one parting note, as we're wrapping up here, that um, we'll kind of tease a future topic. I know we keep promising that we're going to touch on manifestation and we will, that is coming up soon. But I can tell you that there was a point in my baby's almost two and a half years old now, there was a point within the last um, two and a half years where I shifted from just wishing to lose weight and feeling stuck to like, I was looking in the closet and I could see myself not being able to fit in the clothes that were too big. I could see myself in the future donating the clothes that I had bought Hmm. when I was getting, you know, trying to lose the baby weight. Mm -hmm. I could literally feel myself losing the weight and, and see it happening. And I believe that that's when like, I woke up that like, okay, let me get my manifestation hat on because this is attainable. It's attainable right now. And whatever I've got going on mentally or emotionally or in my family life or work life, whatever it is, something right now is opening the door where I can actually see and know that I can experience that kind of weight loss. Mm. I just now got to do the work. And so that's my little teaser for manifestation. Cause to me, that's what manifestation is really comes down to when I can see it and not like I'm wishing or dreaming for it, but I actually feel like I already have it. And mm-hmm. I know that's like the cliche that you already have it, but it's yeah. more than just, I'm telling myself I already have it. Like I, I could feel it. Like I felt like I was in the moment already where I was having those experiences, even though I was still putting on the same pair of pants and they were still fitting the same way. And I still felt like I've, I've been struggling with this for so long, but I knew it was achievable. And I just jumped in head first and said, okay, when that starts happening, then I know I'm on the right path and I just need to, to dig deep. So yeah, manifestation, baby. Can't wait to talk about that. It. And every pound I lose, I manifest that number. Like mm. I will focus and think and picture myself standing on the scale and seeing that number. And then sometimes it takes a few days or a week, but there is the number. Nice. And then I start focusing on the next and I only go one pound at a time, you know? Mm. So if I'm at this weight, and I started focusing on the one pound down and picturing that number on the side. All right. I'm going to start doing that in preparation for our manifestation. You should. Episode. So yeah, we're, we're, we're working hard behind the scenes here to bring you some good juicy manifestation content yes. um, coming up soon. So stay on the lookout for that. All right. So I think that's a good place to call it a day. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Alrighty. Well, so Heather, I have an amazing week. I hope you have an amazing week. Well, I will try. I am going to be hopefully doing lots of jogging and Mm. yoga. I definitely am going to start checking out that yoga webpage and we'll put a link to that in our show notes. Um, because actually yoga is on break at work because they're remodeling the 
fitness room or whatever. So mm. I got to find some way to get my yoga fix for the next couple of weeks without doing it at work. So why don't you share that with me and our listeners so that Will we do. can maybe try that out. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Well, until next time, keep it real. Thank you.